Welcome to the Proper Lookout Podcast, published by the Statutory Insurance Group of McCabe Kerwood. Our compulsory third-party team is passionate about all things CTP. They have extensive knowledge of the complexities of CTP cases and have seen everything from a heated liability dispute, an alternative blameless accident allegation, a nuanced causation issue, and an economic loss claim with family trusts and an offshore bank account, and even a claim for replacement care for the family budgie. In this series, our CTP experts will discuss a range of topics, sharing their thoughts on an industry trend or an intriguing legal issue, explaining the intricacies of an important case, and hopefully imparting some of the knowledge that they have gained. Hi, and welcome to this week's McCabe Kerwood podcast. You are listening to Vid Dragomirovich from the statutory insurance team, and today I'll highlight a trend, although not entirely unanticipated, following the enactment of the Motor Accidents Injuries Act 2017. The CTP scheme has seen an increasing number of personal injury claim forms being lodged under the Motor Accidents Compensation Act 1999, well after the expiration of the Section 72 and Section 73 time limit of six months, in addition to the reactivation of withdrawn and dormant claims that were previously considered to have been barred pursuant to Section 109 of the Act. In turn, investigating these claims has become increasingly problematic given the passage of time between the date of an accident and the lodgement of a claim or the commencement of proceedings. Why is this happening? The simple answer is Maya, the Motor Accident Injuries Act that came into force on 1 December 2017, which established a statutory benefits scheme unlike the common law-based scheme under the Motor Accidents Compensation Act. How long will this last? The broad answer is, it's going to take a while. The best way to look at it is to consider your current portfolio. Look at the date of the oldest claim and ask yourself, is that claim close to resolution? Now, Section 73 and Section 109 of the Motor Accidents Compensation Act deal with entirely different circumstances. However, both provisions require a full and satisfactory explanation for the delay. The definition of a full and satisfactory explanation is found under Section 62, Subsection 2 of the Act. The definition provides that a full and satisfactory explanation by a claimant for non-compliance with a duty for delay is a reference to a full account of the conduct, including the actions, knowledge and belief of a claimant from the date of the accident until the date of providing the explanation. The explanation is not a satisfactory explanation unless a reasonable person in the position of the claimant would have failed to have complied with the duty that would have been justified in experiencing the same delay. The courts are often asked to consider the question as to whether a claimant has provided a full and satisfactory explanation. Established principles on these issues enunciated in Karen Bellis and Zachnich No. 2 and Walker and Howard were recently cited in the District Court of New South Wales. In a July 2018 decision of Mantis and Levon, the court was required to consider an application made by the plaintiff with respect to the late commencement of proceedings and whether she had a full and satisfactory explanation for the delay. The claim related to a motor vehicle accident that occurred in September 2011, almost seven years earlier. By way of background, the defendant's vehicle had struck the plaintiff's vehicle from behind. Liability was not in dispute, and the matter was exempted from the car's process in August 2016. The matter was also the subject of a whole-person impairment dispute 
determined by MAS in September 2017. In addition, there was some complexity with respect to the plaintiff's earnings as a self-employed dressmaker that required consideration by an expert forensic accountant and clarification of the factual circumstances of the case. The plaintiff initially commenced proceedings in March 2017. In August 2017, another judge of the district court heard a summons brought by the plaintiff. Pursuant to Section 109 of the Act and dismissed those proceedings. In November 2017, the plaintiff filed a further summons in the district court. His Honour, Judge Levy, noted that the plaintiff was out of time to serve a statement of claim without the leave of the court as at 25 August 2016, after the CARS process had ceased to govern the claim. Until that point in time, there were no procedural defaults on the part of the plaintiff. The plaintiff's explanation for the delay was based upon the belief that she had entrusted the appropriate professionals handling her case to progress her claim. She believed that in those circumstances, her solicitor was seeking to resolve her claim through the CARS process, which was less formal than any court adjudication. His Honour considered that a reasonable person in the position of the plaintiff would have been justified in experiencing the same delay. His Honour took the view that the matter was not a run-of-the-mill case and that her economic loss claim was complicated. His Honour found that the delay which followed the CARS process should not penalise the plaintiff where a reasonable person in the position of the plaintiff would have acted in conformity with what had transpired. His Honour found that the fullness of the plaintiff's explanation was confirmed via extensive explanation of her conduct, actions, knowledge and belief in her affidavit as supported by her solicitor's affidavit. It was accepted that the process was beyond her own abilities, such that a reasonable person in her position who left the conduct of her case in the hands of the professionals being her solicitors. A submission was made by the defendant that the delay incurred between 25 August 2017, the date the previous summons was dismissed, and the filing of the further summons on 3 November 2017 was another relevant period of delay requiring the provision of a full and satisfactory explanation. His Honour found that the period of approximately 10 weeks was not an unreasonable time to consider the position of the dismissed summons and to collate what was inferred to be more detailed evidence. In Cole, Herring and Burke, another district court matter, Judge Gibson considered a notice of motion filed on behalf of the defendant the sought dismissal of the plaintiff's statement of claim for breach of Section 72 of the Act on the basis of the late lodgement of a claim form. By way of background, the plaintiff had been injured in a motor vehicle accident that occurred on 10 April 2014. The plaintiff was in her early 20s at the time and had been diagnosed with serious pre-existing health issues, including acute lymphoblastic leukaemia, that also had an adverse effect on her health generally. The plaintiff sought the assistance of lawyers in March 2016, almost two years after the subject accident. Her Honour noted from the explanation provided that little was done with respect to the plaintiff's case and that there was evidence provided that notice of motion that the plaintiff's file was left on a windowsill in an office, discovered by another employee four months later. It was also noted that in addition to her accident-related disabilities, she was suffering from leukaemia-related disabilities and was also pregnant at the time. Further, 
Due to complexities arising from the birth of her child in August 2016, the plaintiff did not turn her mind to her case until November 2016 when she contacted her solicitors. In considering whether the plaintiff had provided a full and satisfactory explanation, Her Honour cited Walker and Howard in addition to Karen Bellis and Zaknich. In arriving at her assessment of the explanation, Her Honour was satisfied that the plaintiff's explanation for the delay was full and that there was sufficient information before the court as to her reasons for not taking the actions necessary to progress her claim. As to whether it was satisfactory, given the gaps and inconsistencies in the plaintiff's explanation and a significant background history of illness, these were considered in light of an unskilled woman in a remote country town without benefit of work experience or any education at a significant level. She was accepted as a witness of truth and her explanation was considered satisfactory. The delay was considered, to a larger degree, a result of the failings by her solicitor. It is evident that the courts will generally accept that a claimant's explanation is full and satisfactory if the explanation demonstrates that the claimant's knowledge, action and beliefs were limited. Further, failings by those acting on behalf of the claimant will unlikely give rise to a successful challenge if it is accepted that the claimant had little knowledge of the scheme. In circumstances where a claim has either been withdrawn or laid dormant for a significant period of time, consider what advice the claimant was provided when they initially consulted their representatives. If it transpires that advice was provided with respect to the time limitations and the claimant did little to progress the matter, it is arguable that an explanation as to the delay and lodgement of the claim may be full, however might not be considered satisfactory. These are only but a few examples of the circumstances that have recently come up before the courts. It is likely that the trend will continue with an increase in late claims arising from accidents that occurred before 1 December 2017. I will be back for another podcast shortly on other trends that you may also find interesting. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Proper Lookout podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information on anything discussed, please contact Peter Hunt at peter.hunt at or visit our website to see McCabe Kerwood's full team of specialists.